Hello and welcome to this week's Tell Me About the Podcast. This week we discuss work-life balance and how to best achieve that balance for you. We hope you enjoy. Hi Dad, how are you? <laughs> Hi Beth, yep, really well. Thank you very much. How are things with you? Yeah, good, thank you. Just counting down days till honeymoon. Yes, oh, how exciting. When Me- this... Mexico, here you come. Yeah, well, when this podcast comes out, I will be in Mexico. <laughs> Mexico, very nice, yeah. Think of me sat by the beach drinking a pina colada. I will, yes, <laughs> and, and all the other exciting things I know you're doing over there as well. So, yeah, no, seems that, and that'll be, what, three, pretty much exactly three months after the wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where's that time gone to? And actually, we'll be there on the like anniversary of our engagement really so many milestones in in one trip it's great okay what are we going to talk about today well i think um just a a a short bit of time is worth being spent on work-life balance and keeping it real in those regards i think this is something on which much has been said and written and we're always being told these days about the need to reset our minds, mindfulness. There is more to life than work. And I do think that actually your generation, particularly Beth, has taken something of a lead in being much more realistic about the time they're prepared to work. You know, gone is the sense of a job for life these days. I think everybody, certainly of your age particularly, sees their career being formed out of projects of different durations covering different things to which they can apply whatever the mix of skills and experiences that they have and for there not to necessarily be constant continuity between one role and another and actually taking time to enjoy life between those projects so I welcome all of that for the entrepreneur starting up their business there is always going to be a pressure to put the hours in there's always going to be a sense in my opinion, largely misguided, that the longer and harder you work, the greater the chance of success of your startup. And it's about that that I'd like us to discuss today. And it's about that that I think we should talk about today, because I think it's important to share some ideas that the entrepreneur might be able to embrace from the get-go and form habits around maintaining a good work-life balance, as opposed to them finding themselves in difficulties under pressure, chaos, all the things that are the hallmarks of um, a work-life balance that is that is not, that is out of balance, and then having to correct it at that point. There is no obvious set of rules in this regard. We can but discuss some principles involved in it, and everybody will find their own find their own point of balance and know where they are in their lives at the moment, in their work life, their private life, compared to where they would like to be, and we'll have to come up with their strategies. But we can certainly give some tools around some of this stuff, even though there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution to any, somebody who feels their uh, work and life are not in appropriate balance. Mm-hmm. So let's assume that an entrepreneur is unhappy with their work-life balance. What needs to be considered? Well, firstly, is it really a concern? Some people are at their happiest and feel fulfilled and are effective 
by doing nothing but working and sleeping. And if individuals feel that they are being effective and they are happy, genuinely so, working all hours God sends them, then who's to say that's bad? But I do recommend that people who feel that way keep looking at that work-life balance, keep asking themselves, is there a different way? Is this the best way for me to be working and living? Overwork creeps up on us all from time to time and it's incumbent upon us to be alive to the indicators that we're we're working too much and not living enough as those present themselves. We'll talk a little bit more about what those indicators are in a moment. I think one has to consider what is it in life that you are willing to sacrifice. I think a lot of that depends upon your personal circumstances. Do you have dependents, be they a spouse, be they children, be they parents? How is it that you function particularly? Are you better off in the mornings and you're usually not at your best in the afternoons? Are you an evening person? All all those considerations need to be given. What are you like as an individual? Do you thrive on chaos and pressure? Is multitasking your thing? You like to have plenty of plates spinning. But as a result of that, deadlines get sometimes hit and sometimes missed. And sometimes the quality of what you manage to get out isn't where you would want it to be. Or do you seek order in everything? You do one thing at a time. At the completion of that one thing, you reset everything before you start the next thing. Everything has its place and everything is in its place. Generally delivering high quality, but perhaps the quantity of the work that you get through isn't at the level that you want it to be. I think the definition of balance is something which is different for everybody. To my mind, it is that the rewards equal the time and effort that is put in. And a part of the reward structure for the time and effort that is put in working is the life that that work creates, if that makes sense. So what do I think is important to consider then in assessing where you are in your work-life balance and trying to affect change? It is important to fulfil our potential in everything we do, which I'm sure everybody would agree is the ambition of an entrepreneur. We have to do several things. One is to make sure that we maintain our health. Nothing else matters. If we haven't got good health, nothing else is going to happen. We must ensure we don't burn out. We're no good to our business, our investors, ourselves, if we're unable to function because we've achieved a total capacity of thought and time allocation. We need to be ready to face the challenges that the startup will always create. A clear mind, objective thought and enough energy in reserve is going to serve the new entrepreneur much better than some kind of gung-ho approach to just keep layering the tasks on my desk and I'll get through them. We need to create flexibility and create capacity to deal with the challenges that the startup will always present to us. I think refreshing and resetting ourselves is very important. Rest and relaxation, creating a clear mind. That, as they say, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. I think what that means is that you can find yourself with your social skills starting to diminish if you're working all the time. Various different anxieties have been shown to be associated with overwork. We must make sure that um, we have clear divisions between our work and our private lives. Those uh, geographic, physical, in terms of people, 
Um, I know it's it's great fun to go out with your workmates, but don't do that all the time. Friendship groups outside of the work environment will be one of the greatest assets you can create for yourself to keep it real, to keep the work-life balance having meaning to it. But I guess any entrepreneur listening to this is going to be saying, yeah, it's easy for him to say, but he hasn't seen what's on my to-do list. He's not in the office hearing the phone ring or watching the people walk in the shop or the line at the till for the coffees or whatever the entrepreneur is doing right now. And I tend to agree. I have been there myself and have been easily overwhelmed by a perception that there's too much to do and it all sits on my on my plate. The, the buck stops here. These are all the paradigms that need to be broken down if we're going to find a better work-life balance. We've got to challenge all those things that come at us which are perceived to create the overwhelming workload which causes us to work long hours, never take a break, work the weekends, never take a holiday, etc. So, but at this point, Beth, I think it might be interesting if um, if we hear from you. You're a, you're a great example. You're you're in a in a, a high pressure industry, um, one of the professions which have traditionally been where people have found it a almost a an expected component of the work it's to be working all hours I know you personally have pulled all-nighters in the past to get projects out and hit deadlines tell us about how you feel about your work-life balance to the extent you've thought about that and and whether you think it is in balance or not at the moment yeah it's definitely been unbalanced in the past and I think the different studios that you find the size that they vary in can affect that and also the project load so I guess residential seems to be less deadline heavy because you're working just with the owner of the um, property but then if you're working on hospitality then it's not just the owner that you have to please it's you know the contractors and the builders and everybody that is on the project so those ones seem to be quite more quite a lot more heavy on overtime as you said, working all night and all through the day, I think. I worked from 8am on Thursday to 5pm on Friday, all night non-stop, didn't go home, just kept working. One of my co-workers did stay with me, but he fell asleep and he was the senior and I, I did did hit him and shout at him. <laughs> I was like, no, you can't sleep if I'm not sleeping, we're doing this. Um yeah, so it has in the past been not so great. But now at the moment, I find myself in a studio that is very conscious of that. So at lunchtime, if you're not out of your desk by five past one, you're questioned as to why um, and forced to go on your hour lunch break. And at 5.30, when the office closes, you leave. You don't ever have too much work that you have to stay late Um or should have to stay late it's all how you manage your time within the the office so at the moment I think I'm in a very good position of my work-life balance I work nine till five thirty with an hour lunch break and then I go home and I don't think about work working from home as well you know just switch off everything on my laptop that's to do with work and continue with editing podcasts or <laughs> whatever it is that I'm doing in the evening um so yeah, I think I have a really good work-life balance at the moment, but interior design, as you said, is one of those industries that is very easy to slip into a bad work-life balance. But I think a lot of the practices are trying. You know, they seem to do a lot of, well, I guess they're trying to make it 
better <laughs> that you do have to work so late by doing team building or taking you away for a weekend and kind of sweetening the deal but at the end of the day you are still working weekends or when you're ill and everything that shouldn't really happen. <laughs> mm, interesting and um, I, I know you have an ambition um, indeed it is the the catalyst for this 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 podcast uh, uh, series that we're working on um, to ultimately uh, be an entrepreneur yourself and have your own studio in that regard can you envisage being the principal of a design studio and still being able to operate the way you do now or do you wonder whether the um, facilities you have now to achieve a work-life balance aren't because you're an employee as opposed to an entrepreneur I think it would definitely be harder when I am the entrepreneur and it's me dealing with it but it's time blocking so if I don't take on projects that are going to take up 24-7 of my life then I'm not going to be working 24-7 and as long as I'm consistent in you know I have three hours to do this concept presentation and I have to do it within three hours I think it's yeah just keeping track of what you're working on and that's something that we do in the office is timesheets so we do keep minute by minute track of what we're working on and then each project accounts look at it and work out whether people are spending too much time on it or whatnot three hours of our timesheet is dedicated to general office so looking at emails getting a cup of tea chatting about your weekend and research scrolling pinterest <laughs> looking at the latest trends and stuff that is always factored into our work life as well so yeah i think i've seen elements from each studio that i would continue so for example like in the first office i worked in you could use your holiday allowance by the hour so if you needed to take like an hour holiday to get a plane earlier in the afternoon you could go do that or whatever so I think that's really good if you're an employee because it's a little bit more flexible than oh you only need an hour off you have to take a, a whole day and then yeah time sheets for keeping track of how much time you're spending on projects and then just like I said with the sweetening the deal thing I think a little bit of that kind of needs to be in it because you have to give you don't have to give to receive but I feel like you have to give to receive <laughs> in that <laughs> sense yeah. so yeah if uh, if there is a project that needs a little bit of help on uh a later night somewhere and you know buying dinner and getting them a taxi home and like all of the things that you should just do mm -hmm. <laughs> which I have experienced in other offices mm -hmm. mm, interesting good and you, you mentioned there something that I, I did want to, to make a few comments on and that is the um the idea of the work day or the work week we've been stuck here in the UK with this idea of an eight-hour work day and a five-day work week for um, oh gosh, many decades, I think it was the early part of the 20th century when there was some decision that there should be a, an orderly approach to what the workday is. Um, but I'm pleased that it's largely being shattered now by home working, flexible working, etc. I, I think it's something which the entrepreneur in the startup under pressure, working long hours, really needs to think about. And that is that, that it, the use of their time is under their control. It is easy to think it isn't. It's easy to think that it is everything else that is controlling you. And that in and of itself can help with this sense of overwhelming 
disorder that comes from having too much to do as, as we've, we've all been there we all know what that feeling is like but it's counterproductive um, because you're not going to produce quality work in that regard um, I, I do think that people who consistently work 60 to 80 hours a week almost certainly are doing something good for 25 to 30 of them and something mediocre for 25 to 30 of them and in amongst that they're doing something fundamentally wrong which is going to self-perpetuate the need to keep working long hours because not only have you got to start new stuff you've got to go back and correct stuff that got in somehow or other in a muddle because of the tiredness level or the rush at the end of the day to get something out or whatever the circumstances were whereas if we think about giving our business as the entrepreneur you're giving the business your time giving our business the best 37 and a half to 40 hours a week that we can finding out as I said above what time of day am I good at what type of tasks um, where should I where's the best place for me to do certain types of tasks if you have a premises where your business is based do you always need to be there all the time or can you deal with matters that are admin related or sales calls by phone or whatever it might be somewhere else so that you you start to associate specific locations with specific tasks in defined periods of time and then you have a break between that and the next thing you're going to do because you're going to move your location um, so I think with the idea that the work day work week is in some way or other fixed and that it is extendable by the um, entrepreneur has to be challenged I think working when you are at your best when you need to because you don't always need to be working that can be a self-started paradigm within your your organization that you always need to be there you always need to be working it you know, think about when your customers and clients uh, need you and how you might adapt your working patterns to be at your best when your clients need you and frankly doing something else other than work when they don't um, so that you're always fresh and ready to be the best person to be the best salesperson best fulfillment person customer service person representative for your business ambassador for your business whatever your role is you can be the best of it if you come at it with a fresh mind if I weren't already an entrepreneur, I'd be working, starting earlier, working till 12-ish. By 12, I'm hungry. I just want to eat. Um, <laughs> so then I take a couple hours to I don't know, clean the house, tidy the garden, have some lunch, and then do a little, like a couple hours more before finishing the day. And I think in the morning, I'd get all of my creative work done. And in the afternoon, I'd get all of my admin work done. Um and just know it's all like all emails are answered shut the laptop crack on with my evening I actually met one of my old colleagues uh, earlier this week for dinner and we were both made redundant at the same time from the company and she straight away changed career to uh, user experience design so tech I think she works designing apps and stuff now and she was part of the four-day work week uh, experiment was that what it's called um, that they did was earlier this year or last year they've they've kept it so she's working nine till five thirty four days a week no change in her salary everyone's continuing to get all of the work done on time and everyone they're less happy she works from home all the time and yeah 
So I think it is changing, like you said. And it, that's an interesting idea. I, I've heard of people who'll do their 38 to 40 hours in four days, um, but not somebody who just simply now works four-fifth the hours that they used to work for the same salary. In that situation, is there training given on effective use of time, productivity, efficiencies, or is the individual just left to work it out for themselves? How on earth am I going to get all the work done to the right standard in only four days where it used to take me five? No, I think it was just get your work done in four days where it used to be five. And I think it, if I cut out my sitting around talking talking over a cup of tea hours, I could get all my work done in four days. Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are great. Flexibility. Um, empowering the individual and the entrepreneur realizing that they can self-empower themselves in this regard to not be a slave to work to to-do list to tasks to the urgency that customers can create which is mostly artificial harnessing all of that to create a flexible environment in which you're working where you're putting enjoyment into the idea of working is absolutely the right way forward here Let's talk for a moment about habits as well. I think a lot of the work-life balance that can be achieved comes through habitually approaching um, different aspects of your work particularly. Repetitive tasks, be they daily, weekly, monthly, whatever, they should be done at the same time in the day or the week or the month. So you always know that Monday mornings are for this and Friday afternoons are for that. Um, that keeps it real in terms of getting those things done and making sure the time is allocated to them. And they, they, they now don't sit there as a job to be done. You know, until you get to that stage in the, in the day, week, month, whenever you've allocated it, it's not an issue for you to be thinking about because a lot of the effects of, of overwork can be uh, a, a misinterpretation of what really needs to be done and the order in which it needs to be done in the in the minds of an entrepreneur who may be panicking slightly in the early stages of their startup. Things may not be going well. That's a great way of artificially creating work that doesn't need to be there, um, where actually what you need is thinking time. We've spoken about working on versus working in. The, these are the times when you need to be able to know you've got a fresh objective clear mind if you've got to work on as we said before those challenges that can crop up in your business I think you also need to make sure that as an entrepreneur as you, as you start to build the team up around you of course that gives you the opportunity to delegate manage and lead as opposed to doing it yourself I always look at my to-do list once a week and think what can I what what should I do what can I defer what can I delegate and what can I delete the four D's I approach it as and invariably something that this week I can defer I can potentially delete next week something that I delegate this week may come back next week and require me to do something but do delegate delete defer um, is a simple way of trying to manage those inevitably long to-do lists which we all have I love a to-do list though Sometimes when I do a task and it's not on my to-do list, I put it on the to-do list so I can cross it off. Yes, there's, there is a, there's a certain degree <laughs> satisfaction. of satisfaction, isn't there, in <laughs> ticking the box of to-do list. I saw this quote the other day from um, Richard Branson. Train people well enough so they can leave and treat them well enough so they don't want to. I thought that was quite good. Mm, yep, that uh, encapsulates a uh, modern approach to uh, staff development. No, no question. Yeah. Um, 
finally, let's look, look at uh, a little bit about how one can change. So if you, if you feel that your work-life balance isn't where you would want it to be, how can you go about effecting change? I think, and this is, this is perhaps the greatest challenge, if you are right under the cosh at the moment with uh, enormous amounts of work and you are working and sleeping, and you desire to do something else, you desire to get back your life in all of that, you've got to bite the bullet and just stop. You've got to create some time in which you can step back from the work and think it all through. I think you have to be able to assess what is causing the imbalance. This is, of course, assuming that there's too much work. Some people may start this process and realise there's too much life and they need more work. Well, good luck to them. Perhaps they could send me their resume <laughs> um, but let's assume that work is too much and that's what that's the problem we're trying to solve is this um, imbalance created by as we've said client customer expectations who is setting those expectations are they are there contract terms that are um, too onerous on you the entrepreneur to be able to fulfill on your contracts are, the, are you making promises in the sales process which lead to the need for lots of urgent things being done all at the same time to fulfill upon the sales which you make. See if there's any control that you have over these aspects of client expectations. What is the amount and type of work that is overbearing at the moment? How does it make you feel when you uh, know that you've got to work long hours to get through all the work that's in front of you? tap into this and, and what effect the imbalance is having upon you. Business success is, is not a race. It's not about trying to get somewhere quickly. Business success is, as we've spoken about on many occasions, getting the fundamental foundations into place and then slowly, positively building up the business on those foundations. There's no need to rush at any aspect of your business unless you unless your goal is to be a millionaire by the time you're 30 and that's only two years away or something, then good luck to you. I suggest you re reassess your goals. But generally speaking, business is not a race. Business is a process of careful building block upon block to create a sustainable um, entity that will properly reward you for your time, effort and risk in starting it up in the first place. I think once you've assessed what's causing your imbalance, be clear on what's going, what you're going to do with the additional lifetime that you're creating. Set non-work goals, decide upon activities, get back to your hobby, go get fit, go play games, go play with your children, take your wife out for dinner. Be clear on your roles is one of the important aspects here. We all have multi multivarious roles in life mine for example um, involve being a leader in several businesses being a mentor to several people I'm a husband I'm a father I'm a son I'm a grandfather um, I am an administrator within a charitable organization I work in I am an organizer of a dining club that I'm involved in these are all roles and I look to try and spread my time not equally but with appropriate balance across all those roles. And, and as I say, only one of those was a work-related um, role. All the others are the roles I have to perform in the hours that I'm not working. And I think if you allow the roles that you play in life to dictate what you're going to do with your time, you can very soon find all the valuable things that you're going to do with additional lifetime you can create by getting on top of an overbearing 
workload. So continuing how to change, that's about stepping back and thinking it through, trying to find the causes of the imbalance between work and life. So having identified what the causes of the imbalance between work and life are, we need to deal with those causes. We need to negotiate timelines. We need to extend deadlines or remove deadlines from our workload. We need to reprioritize using good old time management techniques. We've got to get the use of our time back on our terms, not being driven by the terms of the business that we've started up. If we have employees and team members, co-workers, delegation becomes an important tool here. I've seen all too many, especially young entrepreneurs, who just don't believe that anybody can do the job as well as themselves and continue to assume far too many responsibilities within their job. All they do is create a sense of underwhelmed involvement on the part of the people they've bothered to bring into their company because they're not using their skills and experience to full advantage. And the entrepreneur creates a glass ceiling to the growth of the business. There's only so many hours that they can work on those things which they continue to assume they're the only person in their business that they can do. So understanding delegation and, and the science behind delegation and then using delegation efficiently is a, is a great way to deal with the, many of the causes of overwork. Something you touched on, Beth, in your work life, and that's keeping records. Um, keep a note of how many hours you're spending on specific types of tasks. Review this after a while. L look at what takes most time. Can you do those things differently? Um, develop habits that are uh, repetitive and, and one of those habits is to review how you've used your time by the week, by the month, whatever it might be. All of this is a continuum, um, the change mechanism. You may go through all of that and find yourself now having to work less hours or work more flexibly, working more efficiently, whatever you find is your thing that gives you that sense of work life and you start to enjoy the extra time to live and do the things you set yourself that you would do, those performing all those other roles to the best of your ability, getting back to the gym or whatever it is you want to do. It is a continuum because at some stage or other, work will grow again. Is it Parkinson's law, work, work expands to fit the time made available for it or something like that. So work will never contract, work will continue to expand. And so you will find yourself on the cusp again of being overworked and that your life outside of work suffering as a result and you need to come back on what's causing it can I deal with those causes what techniques can I use to turn this back around and get on top of my workload so that my life is my own outside of work again it's a continuum all the time everybody needs to be doing it all the time I think finally, and under the heading of how to change, let's tell people that you're changing. Communicate the plan, uh, whether that's to family, friends, co-workers. Let people know that you consider yourself not to have a satisfactory work-life balance and share with them what it is you're going to be doing to get the work-life balance that you want, what it means for them, uh, both in terms of any impact it may have and benefits that there may be as a result of it and what you need from those people in terms of support that you may require uh, to get to where you want to be but don't give up work-life balance is something we can all achieve it is different for all of us 
and we don't all want to be working just the 37 and a half hours a week of a standard contract but make sure that you've got time to be able to enjoy the life that hopefully is is available to you as a result of all the hard work which should be efficient and constrained in time not all the overwork which just makes Jack a dull boy. I guess it comes back to that inverted pyramid that you were talking about in the two episodes ago. Well, if if you're if you're uh, overworked at the bottom, then everyone's going to be a bit rickety going up. That's right. Yes, if you're not stable in the way that you perform your role because of pressures which you're under, mm. then yes, if you are the point of the pyramid and the pyramid's upside down, the pyramid is wobbling from side to side and everybody above you's got a rough ride as well. They won't know quite where they are. They won't know quite what's going on. There'll be miscommunication, missed deadlines, quality issues will arise in whether whatever the product or service is that you're working with. Um, may find that you've got i'm thinking about your branson quote that you brought up that you end up with high churn rate amongst staff that you think are good and you can't think why they want to leave and the reality is it's a the place is a disaster zone in terms of them being having an ability to get on and do the job you've hired them for yeah letting go as well yeah that's that's the delegation piece that's trusting people to do the job you've hired them to do and being surprised when people when you give somebody the freedom, if you delegate correctly, then involved in that is giving them the freedom and space to go off and do what you've asked them to do. Mm. So no, there's no role for close or micromanagement alongside delegation. You've got to cut the, cut the rope and let them go. And 99 times out of 100, people who delegate for the first time are stunned that not only did the work get done, it almost certainly got done better. Mm. And and they all they had to do was explain what they wanted rather than sit there for hours getting it done themselves. Yeah. One person's burden is another person's opportunity. Perfect. Yep. All right. Thank you, Dad. Uh, no, yep. A pleasure as always. The end. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our fifth episode in this season. We hope you enjoyed it. In the spirit of what we have just been discussing, we will be taking a month off for August. We've got a few holidays and a few busy weekends planned, so we thought we'll just take a break and come back in a month or so with some more great topics. As always, keep an eye on our Instagram and at Tell Me About Pod for updates from us. And please follow, like, and review to help others find us too. See you soon. Thank you.